Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. Seriously, if you want to relieve stress, go to the Word of God. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's just so weird, isn't it? Those people say stuff like that. I apologize for it. Are you kidding me? Let's all do baptism. And I have a little pool here and we'll all feel nice and relaxed. That's baptism. No, baptism is a sacred Christian rite. All the various yogas are sacred Hindu rites. Wake up, America! It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. This ought to be great. You be the judge. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! Handle the truth. Order in the court. Do you know how to spell disaster? Well, just keep listening. This is Wretched Radio. Prepare to play one of America's fastest growing game sensations. It's called Can Two Pro-Life Apologetic Defenses Dismantle Every Pro-Choice Argument? That We need a word. Jimmy, can you find one word that just kind of summarizes my 20-word title? <laughs> the game is titled Can Two Pro-Life Apologetic defenses dismantle each and every pro-choice argument. Well, technically, no, there's there's some additional stuff that we need to know about the life issue. But overall, if you can remember two things, you can identify the pro-choice argument and go and just poke a hole in it and deflate it. And I mean fast. What are those two arguments? One would be SLED, S-L-E-D. If you listen carefully to what most people say when it comes to the issue of life, it's a size issue. It's a level of development issue. It is an environment where it's located issue or it's dependency level. That's your SLED. Listen to their arguments. You can likely slot it in to one of those four and then simply ask the question, do we kill small people? Do do we do we kill people who aren't fully developed like, you know, all children? Do we kill people because they live in a certain zip code or they're dependent on medication? Of course we don't. Why? Because we know it's a life and that is why these are so helpful and we should always have at the ready because it reveals what we are talking about here is an innocent human life. And that is why trot out the toddler pro-life apologetic number two is also so helpful. Well, let's just take your argument and ask the question, can I apply this to my toddler? And most likely there are some other arguments, but most likely with these two pro-life apologetic defenses, you're going to dismantle some uncomfortable conversations, which is the video that you are about to hear. Three, four women, a number of women appearing with a fellow who hosts a show titled Uncomfortable Conversations. They were talking about the issue of life, who they are kind of irrelevant because I don't want to appear that I'm picking on the wife of Judah Smith, who's a co-pastor at the church. And then there's some athletes on the panel. I think the host of it is an athlete. Very pleasant sounding. And yet when we jump on our sled and trot out our toddler, we suddenly realize there's something rotten in the state of America. Jimmy, are you prepared? To play, I can't even say it again, frankly. It I'm, just takes too much work. I'm ready to play. Here we go. <laughs> Pro-choice argument number one. And in 2008, I had an abortion because I wasn't ready to be a mom. I was still passionately chasing my childhood dreams. Jimmy. Yeah. Can you sled or trot out the toddler on the dream chaser argument? I would trot out the toddler on that one. Yeah. How would you do that? Well, I mean, I would just ask her if she'd kill her three or four year old. Getting if it's in the way of her dream. Right. That's, right. <laughs> It's terrible. 
terrible. You can't fulfill your dream. Look at how successful second wave feminism has been, which separated the procreative act with the procreative consequence, just totally separated. Just it's, there's no conversation here that anybody ever indicates, you know, I guess if I wanted to chase my own dream, I shouldn't have been doing that act that can result in destroying my dream, which is, I think, the best way to look at children. Just dream destroyers. That's what she's basically saying also. Let's see if we can trot out the toddler, jump on our sled at number two. And in 2004, I had an abortion because I did not have the financial means to support a child. Ah, ah yeah. financial means. That's a trot out the toddler, too. Yeah. If if this is if you don't have the means to support a child and therefore you can justify the taking of an innocent human life, we could fix we could fix the poverty problem in America, third world countries. Everybody just kill your toddler. That's it. That's all it takes. It's financially stressful. Argument number three. And then I found out that I was pregnant, and I just remember thinking. My parents did not do all of this to bring me here for me to now bring a child and for them to be in poverty, mm. for them to suffer mm. and for me to suffer along with. Them. Ah, so the child is not going to be born into a socioeconomic level that the parents of the woman have worked for. Jimmy? Yeah, that's a trot out the toddler, too. Isn't that amazing how effective that tool is? Yeah, yeah. I lost my job, so I can't support my child now. I got it got to off it okay that's you know what jimmy let's get some government funding for that <laughs> just to help you out a little bit but i remember thinking this is exactly what i need to do ah what you just heard there are the very pleasant sounding words of a bully this is what i need to do the word bully is pretty popular still these days. We still recognize it's bad to be a bully. What you just heard is a bully. You're little. I'm big. You're getting in the way. I can off you. If that isn't a bully, I don't know what is. But from the age of nine, the one sole dream that always felt very real to me was becoming an Olympic champion. Mm. For me, in that yes. moment, when I found out I was pregnant, right before I left for Beijing, I felt like I was in an impossible situation. Why? It's a blob of tissue. You have never heard anybody sit and have an uncomfortable conversation about a skin growth. <laughs> I had to go run in the Olympics. <laughs> I had a mole. <laughs> Can you imagine being in that position? You'd say, well, what's your problem? It's a mole. And if their pro-choice argument is correct, they shouldn't have a problem offing a child. If it's just a blob. Because I knew I was with my forever. I was with my soon-to-be husband. I knew I wanted to have a family with him. Um, but I also wanted oh, to be an Olympic champion more than anything. The day before I left for Beijing. Isn't it amazing once again? What do you hear? The separation of the procreative act with the procreative consequence. I was doing that with another guy. But now... While pregnant, I found the guy of my dreams and I wanted to start a family with him. You already did that, madam. And now that kid's going to get in the way of her dreams. Um, I had an abortion. And as a woman who also identifies as a Christian woman, 
um, oh. who tries to be Christ-like, I never, ever thought that I would be in that situation. It was, it, it still is really hard for me to talk about it, but um, I am grateful, however, that I had the choice. That's That's just justifying a guilty conscience. That's all it is. If she were a Christian woman going to a Christian church, she would hear from the pulpit, if you've had an abortion, repent. Jesus will cleanse you. Jesus will forgive you. Jesus will heal you. And Jesus will ensure that you get to see your baby one day in heaven. That's what she should have heard and understood. Instead, she chose abortion as a good Christian woman. Now she's feeling the conscience pangs that accompany it. I don't know what my life would have been like had I given up this dream that I had my whole life. I don't. I don't know if I would have been. Okay. Jimmy, which of the two arguments? Yeah, that's uh, that's trot out the toddler. Trot out the toddler. Yeah. How could you possibly get in the way of my dreams, child? I live in Texas. and Another woman. Unfortunately, this was right around the time that the six-week ban had started. And I remember having that difficult conversation with my doctor that, I, yeah, we have to have a medical abortion, but I don't think I can give you one. And I thought, well, this is life saving. Like, this is my life, you know. Hold on. Hold on. Here's the war of words. It saved my life. No, it kept you from having to alter your life. But this was not life and death. And she's like, I know, but I don't think I can give you one. And so why couldn't your doctor give you one? Because she was afraid that either someone in her office was going to make a call and say, you know, there was a conduct that she, I, she conducted a medical abortion. A medical abortion. Well, of course, it's medicinal because it's done with a s surgical tools that are so barbaric, it would shock you. So in other words, they, the doctor didn't do it, want to do it because they could get tattled on. Can you imagine the hardship? Would you say that that abortion saved your life? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Jimmy. Yes. I think we can trot out the toddler again. Yeah, I think we can too. Yeah, I'll tell you, I had to have that difficult conversation with my doctor. You know, we're moving from baby food into uh, table food, and it's expensive. I don't know if you've seen the inflation, even though apparently, according to the White House press secretary, the economy's never been better. It's expensive. You know what, Jimmy? If that's the case, I remember this. Oh, this just reveals how potentially sinfully frugal I am. I remember when the kids started moving from child meals, mm -hmm. kid meals, to adult meals. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't mind telling you, I was tempted and failed on occasion. Yeah, she's eight. <laughs> she's eight years old. The expense. What I should have done then is just killed her. That's what I should have done. <laughs> That's it. It's expensive paying for adult meals. And then they want to order soda. Are you kidding? And you don't even get free refills. I, Instead of paying through the nose, I should have just taken the life of my child. The pro-choice arguments can almost always be deflated if you jump on your sled and trot out your toddler. But wait, we're going to hear from the Pastrix next on Wretched Radio. Hey, isn't this 
groovy. Dozens of crisis pregnancy centers have been vandalized or set on fire because of the Roe v. Wade decision. A preborn center in Buffalo was firebombed. A preborn clinic in Gresham, Oregon was hit with an incendiary device. A preborn clinic in Miami vandalized and they're receiving bomb threats. In other words, the battle for life is becoming a battle for life. And yet, the preborn centers continue to open. Support organizations like Preborn and like your local pregnancy clinic that are unwaveringly and without fear opening again today, offering free loving Christ-centered alternatives to these young women. Be part of the solution. Please join the literal battle for life preborn.org slash wretched preborn.org slash wretched have you ever wanted to break bread with todd if so you probably shouldn't the guy chews with his mouth open but let me tell you about our newest production here at wretched it's called breaking bread and todd sits down with a special guest each quarter to discuss pertinent issues christians are facing guests like phil johnson daryl harrison steve lawson justin peters ray comfort tim challies and others those guys were selfless and they sacrificed themselves for you they sat down and broke bread with todd so you don't have to <laughs> you'll be able to view a brand new breaking bread each quarter totally free on the Wretched YouTube channel. Hear topics like racism, aging and dying well, shepherding a child's heart, the fear of evangelism, how not to be a discernment jerk, and more were all discussed on Breaking Bread, which is another production made possible by our gospel partners. To learn more about becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner, just visit wretched.org slash donate. And to learn more about Breaking Bread, visit wretched.org slash breaking bread. You're familiar with this sound. You're sitting in church. Your pastor is preaching. You have your John MacArthur study Bible open. The pastor is reading the scripture. And all of a sudden you hear everybody in church turning the page because they all have the same MacArthur study Bible. Why? Because it is so helpful to be able to read study notes underneath the verses to really grasp what God's word is trying to teach. How would you like to share the joy of putting a John MacArthur Study Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines, they typically make about $12 to $15 per, not hour, per day. It's a luxury item, and it would be such a blessing, $25 a Bible, four Bibles, $100, or perhaps you could send a Bible to a brother or sister in the Philippines every single month. Would you please consider doing that to bring joy to our brothers and sisters? Wretched.org slash Bible. Books of the Bible. The Book of Psalms is a collection of divinely inspired songs of praise for every season in life. There are songs of lament, thanksgiving, praise, celebration, and remembrance of God's mighty deeds, all to help us find our soul's delight in God in all circumstances. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we wonder why the evangelical church is collapsing. This is Wretched Radio. Prepare to hear an uncomfortable conversation, I'll say. Several women on a panel discussion with a man talking about abortion. How can, how can he? Oh, wait a second. Men can have babies now. Never mind. Shouldn't be a problem. And one of the participants in this uncomfortable conversation is the pastor wife of Judah Smith, one of the most 
popular evangelical preachers in the country. Now, he runs in NAR circles, which is probably the reason that you don't hear about him, unless, of course, you like Justin Bieber. I think he was somehow related to Justin Bieber. Related? Well, you know, that he was his pastor or something for a season. This is his wife. Of they would probably call themselves evangelical Christians, probably non-denominational Christians, but they are thick inside of this gobbledygook prosperity NAR nonsense. And this is the pastor wife speaking about the subject of life. Uh, I feel humbled to sit with such incredible women with such beautiful, courageous stories and <laughs> these bold women. They were so courageous. They They took the life of their child. And didn't give up on their dream. I'm just honored to be sitting with them, Pastrix. Uh, I feel humbled to sit with such incredible women with such beautiful, courageous stories and lives. Um, i also very aware that I'm a white woman sitting here. What does that have to do with anything? I'll tell you what it has to do with this answer. Do you feel like this recent decision is an attack on women? A hundred percent, I do. And not just women, but women who are minorities, women who are poor, communities who are poor, that don't have the privilege of finding an abortion clinic, of affording an abortion, or even just the access to the education of what their bodies do, of how their bodies work. (laughs) There are so many women who I've literally heard this firsthand who have gotten pregnant, had no idea how. Got no idea how they got pregnant? Come on. Really? We're supposed to buy that? But what did you hear? CRT applied to the life issue. I saw it on CNN. You probably noticed I go to the gym, which is where I watch most of my news because it's on in the monitors. Thankfully, I can't hear it. I get my news via the subtitle, the lower third. And the lower third, it was super long, longer than this game show that we're playing. It said something like the attack that the, the Roe v. overturning of Roe v. Wade is an attack on poor people, the economic hardship. All right. There could be a consequence to this legislation, but that doesn't mean it's an attack on women. Why do they use that argument? Because that is in the CRT toolbox. It's like a hammer or a screwdriver. It's one of the tools they use constantly because it's effective. It works. You have to admit it can gain some traction. Don't you feel sorry for people of lesser means? Well, sure we do. Therefore, let's fund their abortions. Hold on, Martin Bailey. That's not the way that it works. CRT is being applied. You just heard it from one of the panel members. Now let's go back to the pastrix. Uh, I feel humbled yeah, to I sit with do. such incredible women with such beautiful, courageous stories and lives. Yes. yes. Um, I also very aware that I'm a white woman sitting here and that whether it's the mortality rate of pregnant women of color or the amount of abortions that affect women of color is much more than white women. And so I'm listening to that with those ears as well. Jimmy, there's another pro life apologetic that we could apply pretty regularly. What's that? Can I apply this to another issue? Uh, Can I take this argument and use it to discuss picket racism, yep. slavery? Yep. Why, look, I, 
I wasn't born in the South. I really can't comment on slavery. I realize that I'm a Northerner by birth. So I, I just don't want to judge chattel slavery. You'd go, what? It doesn't matter what zip code you were born in or what your skin color is or even what your gender is because arguments don't have skin color. They don't have genders. It's either right or wrong. Could you apply this nonsense to the issue of rape? Look, I've never wanted to molest a woman. So I I can't judge the guys who do. I Because I haven't. You would say something is stinking with your thinking, and I would agree. The church has been either Ugh. extremely insensitive or worse, They've been awfully quiet yes. right yes. now. Chelsea, yes. yes. why do you think that is? This is the Pastrix. Mm. I can tell you why I've been quiet. I feel very humbled. Mm. And I don't know sometimes the fine line between humbled and humiliated. Mm. Um, I'm a person who follows the teachings of Jesus. And one of those teachings says that we weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and in this moment, I feel completely humbled and do not know how to follow that teaching. It just seems impossible oh, I to can be help able you. to do that in this moment. And I am wow. embarrassed by some of the rejoicing at the ex at the cost of somebody's pain. Well, then I think her hand was just tipped. I mean, she's on the panel, so you knew what her position was. This is a pastor. <laughs> she clearly is pro-choice. Not a little, but a lotl. I just, I want to weep with those who are weeping over this decision. How's about rejoicing with the babies whose lives are going to be spared? You could try that. You know, not everybody's action demands that you mourn with them. Uh, does she does she go to somebody on death row? I, don't, I just don't know how to feel bad. I just, I feel so bad for this person now that, but it's just not, it's, it's not enough. And I'm so humbled by this. You'd say, what are you even talking about? The issue is, what are we doing when we perform an abortion? The Pastrix continues. What role can and should the church play to support those now that are not empowered to make the decision? As I think about the story of Jesus with a woman. Can I just tell you? Mm, you're going to use a story about Jesus and the woman to support abortion was caught in the midst of adultery. Yeah. And that's very much a woman based story in the Bible because she was caught in the very act. So where was the man in this story? You know, very similar to a woman facing an unwanted pregnancy. Ah, so that I'm surprised Jesus didn't say, fellas, hold it. The guy isn't around. She's a she. Let's perform an abortion. We'll just fig we'll just fix this problem if it's not a sin, then what is the cons This is so agitating. She just can be left alone. The same way this woman was left alone. And in this moment, Jesus didn't <laughs> go and sin no more. Say anything. It's one of the beautiful silent moments. <laughs> Besides go and sin no more. Of Jesus. And he just got down and wrote in the dirt. And then he's just said this Which is incredible statement. He said, let him who is without sin yes, throw the first, the first stone. stone. Mm -hmm. And yes. I think as Christians, as faith leaders, as community leaders, we need to be really in touch with our own shortcomings and our own weaknesses so that we aren't 
prone to just chucking those stones because it feels good. That's why slavery and rape and pedophilia and child abuse. <laughs> Let's not judge here, people. This is argument via emotion. That's all this is. And coming from the pastor wife of a very popular preacher is really agitating. You are now seeing this is this will not stop here. You will start to see increasingly these pro-choice arguments make their way into the evangelical church. It always does. That's why I got to tell you, as it becomes increasingly difficult to be a Christian in this current culture and context, uh, you're, 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 some of these arguments are not going to find a home. CRT, wokeism made its way into the church, even sometimes well-intentioned. Well, we want to understand. We want to make sure that we've got a helpful analytical tool. Maybe, maybe well-intentioned, but it allows bad ideologies into the church. And you can expect that to happen more and more when it comes to the life issue. Perhaps now's the time to do a shout-out for our pre-born centers, which are kind of busy defending themselves from firebombs because they're getting attacked. I, I think there's at least three, maybe four, pre-born centers that have been set on fire, bomb threats, etc. If you want to stay in the life game, yes, get sharpened up with your pro-life apologetics, but perhaps save the life of a child. When a woman sees what is inside of her womb is clearly a baby. It changes everything because that's the fundamental question of the life argument. What is it? They see it's a child and, and most times, like 80% of the time, they choose life. They hear the gospel. It is a very efficient organization. You can learn more at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Prepare to hear the pastrixes. Is that an apostrophe? Yes. The Pastrix's arguments coming to your church soon. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Hey, if you don't think the Biden administration has wasted enough taxpayer money yet, get a load of this. They're now spending over $40,000 to figure out why children think that, quote, white males best exemplify a person and how to prevent the development of those beliefs. $40,000 may not sound like a lot of money compared to the many billions, maybe trillions that have already been wasted by the Biden administration, but the implications of this two-year study by New York University will have lasting effects on the future of our youth. To merely assume kids think that white men best exemplify a person is nothing more than taking your assumptions and presenting them as facts. Kind of like evolution. And Disney is back in the headlines again. This time, they're being raked over the coals for breaking an early promise they made to keep Disney Plus family-friendly. Parents, Television, and Media Council first announced that Disney Plus made the movies Deadpool, Deadpool 2, and Logan available on their platform, all of which are rated R. In a 2019 announcement, Disney claimed that all content on Disney Plus would be PG-13 or softer, but it only took three years to break that promise, and Tim Winter the president of the PTC said he believes one day business schools will point back to, quote, this corrupt corporate U-turn as they analyze what happened to the once great Walt Disney Company. 
That's a pretty bold prediction, but maybe he's a prophet or something. (laughs) Well, this is filled with irony. A California teachers union celebrated National Parents Day this past Sunday, only to be called to the carpet for their apparent hypocrisy when it comes to parents' desires for their children. They tweeted, the teachers union that is, when parents are involved in their children's education, kids do better in school. Corey DeAngelis, the director of research for the American Federation for Children, said, quote, this is gaslighting beyond parity. This organization that has fought against parental rights in education for decades now wants us to believe they support parents. I really don't think anyone is actually believing or buying into that at all. Not sure if you've seen the recent viral video that shows dozens of incoming medical students walking out of their white coat ceremony at the University of Michigan. They did it, apparently, in protest of the keynote speaker, Dr. Kristen Collier, who is pro-life and shared her pro-life views during her address. But here's the problem for these incoming students. Their walkouts did absolutely nothing for them. The university said they are standing by Dr. Collier, as are most of the other students who actually chose Dr. Collier to be the keynote speaker, and university officials said the white coat ceremony is not a platform for controversial protesting, but rather a ceremony welcoming students into medicine. And that's lesson number one for these students. Everyone in life will not cave to your liberal demands, even though you think they should. More Edge Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. An apostle is a messenger sent from God. The apostles were granted power and authority to establish the New Testament church. There are no apostles living today. But just as the early church dedicated themselves to the apostles' teachings, so we dedicate ourselves to their teachings, which have been recorded in the New Testament. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. As the resident ignorant male. (laughs) As the resident ignorant male. (laughs) It's time to start. This is Wretched Radio. That is the host of Uncomfortable Conversations. And don't panic. We are not going to continue having the Uncomfortable Life Conversation. Merely to ask some questions about male participation in what they are calling women's issues. What should we be saying? Can we say anything? Well, he raised the question, and I think the answer was was pretty clear. What role should men play in the discussion about abortion? What role do you all want men to play? Do you want them to shut up or do you want them to speak up? Would you like to know the answer to that really good question? The great That's question. Good. That's yes. a good question. Mm. Somebody else answer first. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll be first to say that I do want them to speak up, but mm. I want them to be informed mm. because what I am seeing right now is just a high level of ignorance and assumptions. The person who is involved should speak up and the ones who aren't should shut up. Uh-huh. So the one that's involved should get educated because he's ignorant and endorse the girlfriend's abortion. Everybody else, zip it if you happen to be male. That is being laid down in the abortion issue, but it raises a question. What should our voice be? Not in the life issue. I think that that's pretty obvious what our voice should be. It is a moral issue, and arguments do not have skin colors, genders, 
socioeconomic levels. It is either right or wrong, and we speak up lovingly. And the next time somebody tries to shut you down because you can't talk about it because you're a male, you could remind them that males now can have babies, but that's not a very good defense. Instead, arguments don't have genders. Question, what should men be saying regarding the trans issue? Just read an article that caused me to go, hmm, that's kind of a, that's a fascinating angle on the subject. This particular article, I'm, I'm not endorsing the article, but I did read a paragraph that caused me to go, this is really fascinating. The woman who's writing it has been a defender of women in sports, Oh, who can go into what locker rooms. She calls herself a conservative Christian. Now, that's that's the author of it. But she started talking about Matt Walsh's movie, What is a Woman? And this was the paragraph that jumped out at me. Quote, I found myself a bit troubled by his approach. If you're not aware of Matt Walsh, she traveled around the globe, revealing that progressives can't define what a woman is, which exposes how ridiculous this conversation actually is that's what that's what this show should be called ridiculous conversations really a man can become a woman and have a baby okay all right i found myself a bit troubled by his approach it's a little different than what you imagine it's going to be to the problem and to the women warring on the front lines against it i get the sense She's quoting somebody. I get the sense that he sees the transgender issue as being more about emasculation of men. Stop right there. I think that observation is right because he does make that point. Now, that's not his only point, I'm sure. He made a movie and you can only put so much content into it without it becoming gone with the wind. He did make it about the emasculation of men because that is an issue. The trans issue is an, an emasculation issue. All of these things are that men zip it, get in the trunk, don't speak up, don't you play patriarch in this culture. So she, she's, I think she rightly identifies that in the movie, that's the point he made. But that aside, I get the sense that he sees the transgender issue as being more about the emasculation of men than the erasure of women. That's interesting. There's a difference between speaking truth to own the libs and speaking the truth to protect the innocent. That's a good word, I think. And this, this, by the way, will have the effect of de-emasculating men if there is such a word. That, that men will start defending women. That the issue isn't just that we are, there's a, an assault to feminize males especially traditional masculinity, which incidentally is not the best masculinity there is. Want to be careful. We don't believe in progressive masculinity or traditional masculinity. We believe in biblical masculinity, which is different than both of those. Same thing is true with femininity. Men, yes, we can say uh, you're, you're emasculating us. This is the third wave feminism assault on males. That is true, but let's not forget to step up to the plate to say, and women are being hurt by this, enough. No, a man can't use a woman's bathroom. Are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. Look, if you as an business, you, you want to pander 
to people who are confused, then build them their own bathroom. But women should be able to go to the bathroom. Listen to what we're talking about here. Women should be able to go to the bathroom because it's a women's bathroom, and we don't allow our women to be affronted by what they are inclined to see. Same thing is true with the girls in sports. The, that uh, uh, Leah Thomas is that right? Will Will? Yeah, that's what you have to. That's what you have to call him. That's his name. Yeah, exactly. My bad. <laughs> Apparently, he doesn't have a problem parading around the women's locker room. How nice. How not nice. Enough. Let's not lose sight of this in the trans argument. Let, let's, 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 not, let's not goof this up. Yes, there are other issues, but one of the issues most certainly is protection of women. Now, here's the problem with that argument and why. Oh, 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 oh. Are you going to get emasculated? For assuming the posture of defending women, because it insinuates that maybe men are the protectors. And we can't have that. We can't have men speaking into this issue because they're just trying to control or force their values on us. I was reading. Uh, I think it was. I've got two Erwin Lutzer books that I'm going through simultaneously. They're they're they 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 pretty much have the same thrust of argument. We're going to be talking to him, I think, in the fall. But his argument basically is, yeah, the world is wonky. Speak up, defend the truth, and prepare for the consequences. That's pretty much the thrust of it. How do you live as a Christian in this kooky world? You speak the truth in love, and then you get ready to pay a price. Because that's the world we now live in. It is, no pun intended, transitioned. And inside of these books, he talks about the tactics that are used by, well, what is foundationally a Marxist ideology to deconstruct everything. So he lists all of these different arguments that are being used to twist it around, turn the tables, and make you look stupid. Don't you want women to have health care? Yeah, I want women to have health care. Then you need to pay for abortions. Hold on. That's not health care. Don't you want women to have health care? Yeah then you should let him have an abortion. No, that's not the same thing. And they do this constantly. There are many arguments that are being used these days to confuse the issue. Let us not forget that one of the issues is the protection of women and children. And I'm to get ready to pay the price for that. What do you mean? Men should, women don't need defending. Do children need defending? Do we, do we even think that anymore? Of course they do. The stronger defends the weaker. Oh, that's a problem, of course, because as you perhaps heard, there's no physical distinction between male and female. Well, actually, there is. And it should be pretty obvious, but they suppress the obvious because they've already suppressed the more obvious. Don't forget, once you've denied the existence of God, you are off to the races. You are running in the Kentucky Derby. The roses are straight ahead. You can believe anything that you want to. Once you've denied the existence of God, you can then deny the existence of genders. You can deny the physical distinctions between men and women. The emotional distinction between men and women. Here's a question. Are women more emotional than men? Now, Jimmy, you're nodding your head. So that would I'm, I'm going to say that that's still a yes. I think so. In our culture. How's about this? They simply express 
their emotions more. Yeah, I would agree with that. See, so there, so men have the same emotions women have. Now, we can process things differently, view things differently, of course. Women are just more expressive with their emotions. You can observe that. No! Women aren't emotional! I didn't say that. I did say that they tend to emote more, and emoting does not have to be a bad thing. But the feminists can't have that. They can't stand for that. They, they, they simply, they, this is why they can't give in on the, the competition of, of Will Thomas in women's swimming. Because it's an admission, okay, guys are stronger and they're faster. Okay, fine. They, can't do, they cannot do it. Gentlemen, let's be protectors of women and children. No, it doesn't mean that you should stop shaving your back. Please don't especially if you go to the pool. It means, though, that we do need to step up and say enough is enough. We're we're not going to have our women and children literally exposed to that. This is Wretched Radio. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare dot com slash wretched affordable biblical health sharing christians paying for other christians medical bills which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for mm, bad stuff second of all you can save on average five hundred dollars per month and finally metashare it's the gold standard for health care sharing for more than 25 years it works, and the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash wretched. Hello and gracias. That means thank you in Spanish for our unolingual listeners. Gracias for listening to Wretched Radio today, where you learn all kinds of things. And another place you're able to learn stuff, the Wretched website. That's right, Wretched.org is full of amazing content, like each full 30-minute TV episode, our full daily radio episodes. You can also use the nifty search bar to find hundreds of topics that have been discussed on either radio or TV. The Wretched store is there too, and it's loaded with over 40 resources, all produced with the help of our gospel partners. If you're already an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel partner, thank you. Your efforts and support have helped us reach millions of people with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you're not a monthly Wretched Gospel partner, would you prayerfully and thoughtfully consider becoming one? You can find answers to virtually any question you have about becoming a gospel partner at wretched.org slash donate. Or you can text the word Wretched to 44321. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Two. That's right, 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel, they're getting saved, their parents are getting saved, the church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local churches 
villages, it became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Revelation How can anyone know God unless he reveals himself? If God did not speak, religion would be nothing more than man's best guess. But God has revealed himself in creation, in the Bible, and in the person of Jesus Christ. We can know God, and we can be brought into right standing with him. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Let's get litigious with all due respect to Olivia Newton-John. This is Wretched Radio. I don't know if you realize this, but before Olivia settled on let's get physical, she was considering litigious. Let's get litigious, litigious. I want to get litigious. But she had a hard time rhyming the word lawyer. So... We're stuck with let's get physical. They don't write them like that anymore now, do they? We have a tendency to look back and go, the music was so much sweeter back then. Let's get physical, physical. I want to get physical. And if I recall the video, she's jumping around in that 80s, you know, what are those? What were those things called? Um, That were the socks, the the scrunt, the leg warmers. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That was that was done in aerobics or something. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh. They don't write them like that anymore. Speaking of they don't write them like that. Wow, was I ever thrilled. Sticking around after church, because we can stick around after church. We have no difficulty going, wait a second, what, it's 3 o'clock? Whoa! We, we, we love hanging at the church. And after the service this last Sunday, the orchestra was war- was was practicing. And they were singing, performing, Lord of glory, who has bought us? Do you know that? it's The tune is by Heiferdahl. It is, it is one of the catchiest. Hold on. I'm multitasking. I'll have that for you in a second. You know the tune. But did you know the lyrics to Let's Hope There's Not a Commercial? Lord of glory, who has bought us? With thy lifeblood as the price, never grudging. Oh, no, they skipped. They skipped. Who is this? <laughs> who, what Lutherans put this together? It's Lord of glory who has bought us with thy lifeblood as the price, never grudging for the lost one, that tremendous sacrifice. Then... That with that has freely given... Blessings countless as the sand. To the ungrateful and the evil from thine own unsparing hand. I think they're going to sing it now. Take it, Lutherans. There it is. Please remember to play that at my funeral. Please remember to lyrics so rich. 
that point you to Jesus. You have bought us with your lifeblood as the price, never grudging, never complaining, never whining, never do I have to. Mm, That tremendous sacrifice. And with that, has freely given blessings countless as the sand to the ungrateful and the evil. With thine own unsparing hand, the generosity of God. I'm telling you, I can't wait for our church to post the sermon that I heard on Sunday. It was just a good Sunday in church. I don't mind Mm -hmm. telling you. The elder that preached did such a bang-up job with Christ-exalting preaching. It was from Luke chapter 8. I think it's the story of Jesus in Capernaum, the place where he did a proliferation of miracles. They knew who this guy was, what he was doing. They didn't understand that he was indeed the promised Messiah, but they knew that he could heal people. So he leaves there, comes back, and the people are crushing in. I believe the Greek word, at least as I was told on Sunday, is they were, they were like choking. They were choking out. They were they were they were like on him. And what do we see? We see two people approach Jesus for healing. If you remember, the first was Jairus. Jairus, he was the fellow who took care of the temple. So he's the one who scheduled events, made sure the place was running correctly. Was it the synagogue? He was running the place. So he was known. And he had a request. My 12-year-old daughter, interesting. Why do we get details like that? My 12-year-old daughter, It's going to die. Will you come heal him? And Jesus said, sorry, I got a schedule to keep. No, he did because Jesus delighted in healing. His heart was broken for people in their illnesses. He grieved the effects of sin. And of course, he said, let's go. But along the way, another woman who had an issue of blood, we don't know exactly what it is, a hemorrhage, we don't know, who had been suffering for 12 years. huh? So the entire life of that child, this woman had been suffering, and she didn't want to be known by the crowd. She didn't want to be seen by the crowd because she would be considered unclean because of her bloody state. And so she snuck through the crowd that was choking in on him, touched his garment, And he stops, which means he delayed on the way to the healing of Jairus' daughter. The woman is healed. Your faith has made you well. Then the story gets interrupted a second time. They come to Jairus and say, it's too late. Don't bother the teacher anymore. She's died. And Jesus goes anyway. And he's inside of the house with the mother, the father, with Peter, James, and John. And he is going to do a really big miracle. And he informs them of such by saying, don't mourn, don't don't weep, it's okay. She's only asleep. They laughed at him because <laughs> she'd been dead for hours and you could see death. And Jesus said, nope, she's only sleeping. And he brings her back to life. He wakes her up. And we see Jesus, kind, loving, gentle, concerned, eager to heal both the woman with the issue of blood, the low-profile woman, and the high-profile guy. And he's willing to heal everything in between. Why? Because he's that good. 
He doesn't see class distinctions. He doesn't see race distinctions. Certainly, he's aware of them, but that's not how he measures people. He's the Savior who cares. No matter who you are, no matter where you have been, no matter what you have done, no matter what you possess, Jesus cares. That was the sermon on Sunday. And then then I hear this. It was a good day. And it has an organ to boot. But let's get litigious now. Wow. We just went on a journey. Let's get litigious, litigious, shall we? Hmm. Democrat-led House passes bill to codify same-sex marriage and redefine the institution. You say, yeah, I heard about that, but did you know 47 Republicans joined them? Get ready, Christian. You are soon going to have a party that's not strong on marriage, that's not strong on gender and sexuality issues. The Republican Party is almost certain to become libertarian Now what are you going to do? Start thinking about it now. If you've never been fond of the voting for the lesser of two evils, you might warm up to the idea. 47. Most voters, headline, dissatisfied with how schools are teaching sexuality, gender identity, and race. You say, what does that have to do with being litigious? Was talking to a buddy of mine. And he said that he's working with a Christian organization that is encouraging families to take a really hard look at whether or not your child should be in public school versus private or homeschooling in a safer environment because they know what the curriculum teaches. The problem is the school wouldn't release the curriculum, so they're having to sue the school to see the curriculum that they're teaching their kids. You talk about chutzpah. We know better. We're going to indoctrinate your children, and we're not going to let you know what we're teaching them. So they had to go to court to see the curriculum. You'd you'd blush, Mom and Dad. You'd be like, what is with this porn that we're teaching our little children? And so it is. Ten million people have decided in the last two years now to pull their kids out of public education. Ten million Jewish couple rejected by Christian children's home as foster trainees continue legal fight because they lost the court case. A Christian charity, they were sued by Americans United for separation of church and state. I think it was a Methodist home for children said to the Jewish couple, sorry, if you're not Christians, we serve Christians, not not people outside of the faith. So, So they sued And they lost. Don't forget that the courts are still overall on the side of liberty. DOJ, that would be, what's DOJ? Department of Justice accuses Lansing, Michigan of religious discrimination against Seventh-day Adventist employees. So here's your Department of Justice actually suing Lansing because they claim, up, you've discriminated against a Seventh-day Adventist who didn't want to work on Saturday. Why do I share this? I'm not saying that we're winning every court battle. I am not saying that the potential of persecution is abating in any way, shape, or form. I think these are just legal decisions that are building a little bit of a dam before it bursts, and we are met with a tidal wave of persecution. Speaking of which, House Democrats block resolution condemning violence against churches, pro-life pregnancy centers. So there's a lot of evil out there. The courts seem to at least currently be on our side. 
let's hope that that lasts. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.